Let's face it, B2B sales is in trouble. Blast emails, cold calling and irrelevant messages, not to mention an economy causing uncertainty to spike, is creating a canyon-sized divide between buyers and sellers alike. The answer? Deep sales. Today, organisations that adopt deep sales strategies and technologies are setting themselves up for long-term success with an approach that sets their sellers up to be seen as trusted, strategic advisors by the buyers they serve. We at the world's largest professional network are sitting down with some of the most innovative sales voices today to discuss what it means to bring deep sales into an enterprise organisation. Let's dive in with our host, Rob Humphrey. We're trying to make sure that um, you know, we, we understand what our, what our target market looks like. We understand who we're trying to sell to. Uh, we understand what we're trying to sell to them. Um, and we understand the, uh, um, you know, the, the message that we need to deliver to get them interested. And part of that is understanding who, who we're talking to and what their motivations are. On today's episode, I've got Peter Carlisle. Peter is an international sales leadership expert. He's currently the CRO of a major cybersecurity firm, Adharma. He's got 30 years of IT experience with sales leadership roles at Dell, HP, and others. He's an awesome guy to talk to and is also a musician going on tour this summer. So let's get at it. Peter, congrats on your new MDR launch last week. I saw your post on LinkedIn. And now Dharma is a UK-based cybersecurity leader. Talk to me about how this launch benefits your customers and why your sellers are excited to sell it. Well, thanks, uh, thanks, Rob. Uh, yeah, we're, we we were really excited to launch uh, the new MDR last week, and there's a couple of things that, that really stand out for that. Uh, first of all, um, it's a turnkey solution, uh, which means that we can deploy really, really quickly, um, and it means we're not relying. Um, on the customer to provide a huge amount of resource to help us stand up the uh, the offering, so um, it, it, it's very quick for us to uh, to start adding value to the customer and helping them solve some of their uh, um, their security issues. Um, for that reason, of course, it means uh, potentially it can run on a shorter sales cycle than some of our traditional, more bespoke solutions, which means that the sales guys can uh, can turn their deals around more quickly. Which, of course, means um, you know shorter sales cycle. Um, uh, retiring quota uh, in, in weeks rather than months, perhaps. So it's a really positive for the sales guys. Um, and then thirdly, um, we've always been very selective about our uh, our choice of partners um, within Adama. Um, and we're really keen to be engaging with Microsoft on this product. It, it, it's, a, it's an MDR solution, managed detection and response that works on, um, uh, on Microsoft's XDR suite. Um, so it's really helping us uh, to bring us closer to Microsoft um, and, uh, and and really be able to pitch towards the uh, the Microsoft customer base, which is a, a really uh, a really big uh, big space for us to go and play in. So I think simplicity um, of deployment for customers, speed to revenue for customers, and uh, really doubling down on our Microsoft partnerships three uh, three reasons to really celebrate the uh, the new product launch. That's a huge partnership. Congratulations on that, by the way, and gra- congratulations to your team. We have this little ritual where we ask people what's not on your LinkedIn profile. It's a way to, you know, get to know each other. So, so the thing that I've I've never talked about on my LinkedIn profile is is one of my biggest uh, hobbies outside of work, which is music. Um, and I, uh, um, I'm I'm in a band. I actually front uh, a blues rock band. Um, I write songs for the band. We play at um, 
quite a lot of festivals, particularly in the summer. And uh, um, yeah, that, that's a, that's a whole whole part of my life. It's a big big release from uh, big release from selling in the corporate space because when I'm out there on stage, uh, you know, um, screaming those uh, songs out, it's 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 very difficult to worry about anything else going on in my head. So it's a great release, great de-stressor. But uh, looking forward to it. We've got a busy uh, we've got a busy summer coming up with the band this year, so that's very exciting too. So what's the band name, Peter? Uh, the band's called Slow Train. That's spelled S-L-O-E. Um, that's in Slow Gin, uh, which was uh, nice. one of the first songs we uh, we recorded together. It's a Joe Bonamassa uh, uh, tune, um, and uh, yeah, um, we'll be we'll be playing that many other. It's got our first gig on Friday night for, for of this year. We've been going since 2014, so we're nine years nine years together. Um, that's fantastic. Don't talk about that one very much on LinkedIn, but there you go. Maybe I should. Well, there, there, there we are. Yeah, I think you should. I mean, I, th- I think I know LinkedIn is becoming a place to share more stuff. Especially, you seem like a pretty dope person and a cool sales leader. And now you're even cooler. So, music question for you: um, Rolling Stones or Beatles? If you had to choose, it's a tough one, but I'm going to have to go with the Stones. Okay, one more: Taylor Swift or Jane's Addiction. <laughs> Um, that's, um, that's one I'm, I'm going to less, uh, less excited. <laughs> I'll go with Jane's addiction on that one. <laughs> okay, cool. A little Perry Farrell. Okay, cool. So Peter, we're almost a quarter of the way into the new year. How are you approaching 2023? What feels different? Yep. Um, uh, well, I know we're almost a quarter of the way through the year because, uh, we had a management meeting this morning and everyone reminded me, uh, that we're almost <laughs> a year. And wanted to know uh, exactly how we were doing and how things were going to end up. Um, 23, um, I think from a Dharma point of view, um, it feels um, feels like we've made a strong start. Uh, the organization is uh, a little bit more mature, a little bit more settled. Um, I was hiring a lot of people into the sales organization a year ago. Those people have mostly now had best part of 12 months with us to, to, to bed in and become more familiar with, with how we do business and our portfolio. So I, I feel I'm I'm landing in this year with a with a with a with a better prepared team. So that really really helps. Um, I think in terms of the uh, the, the marketplace, um, the, the the biggest change I think is that we're we're now really starting to get back to to face to face selling in a, in a way that we haven't for probably three years. Um, you know, twenty uh, twenty and twenty one it didn't exist at all. Twenty two was was very variable um, with events still you know getting cancelled and people still not sure what they wanted to do. I think we're now definitely seeing a, um, a much more fully-fledged return to face-to-face activity, uh, which means that we need to think about how we do that effectively again. Um, you know, when when do we have meetings? Um, you know, when when do we run events? What's our strategy around those things? Um, so I think there's much more scope to uh, to engage face-to-face, but I think perhaps with a, with a caveat that says, because of everything we've been through, People are people are still a bit more selective, um, so I think uh, you've got to be able to 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 build your relationships and sell face to face. But you have to do it in a in a, in a smart way and accept the fact that um, not not everybody is going to want to go down that route, and you're still going to have to use um, um, other tools and other options as well. You know, there's definitely a different a different feel going into 2023, and and we're certainly seeing much more of people people coming to the office, people coming to events. It's it's definitely a much more uh, much more face-to-face here, which which personally I, I, I really like. Yeah, for sure. And I appreciate you sharing. So uh, let me ask you, what what are the opportunities that you're seeing right now for this year? 
So opportunity wise, um, I think there's a couple of things. Uh, the the um, the the pandemic uh, years shone a really big spotlight on security. It became a hot topic. A lot of organisations really struggled um, with security because they didn't have their, their staff in the office. People were working remotely, uh, and and that was throwing up a lot of security issues. So I think it's helped to get us um, onto the front page, as it were, with uh, with with some of the executives. Uh, so security was very much a uh, um, a technical conversation um, sitting in in IT and operations, but uh, I, I think that uh, the the high profile nature of of some of these security issues that came uh, over the COVID years have really helped to get us um, at the attention of the CFO and the CEO. So that so that broadens the uh, um, you know that broadens the appeal and enables us to, uh, to 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 widen the audience that we're selling to. What's the number one tool that you have to arm your sales force with, even if it's really expensive? Like, do you have a go to tool? Um, yeah, well, pers- I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of, um, a big fan of Navigator, um, for all the reasons that we've talked about, because I think if you can, uh, if you can work behind the scenes to understand who's who within your, within your target organization, find out a bit about those people, find some, some ways of engineering, a a, a conversation or an introduction to those people. Um, I, I think that really helps. So, uh, yeah, Na- Na- Navigator for me is um, is 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 a great is a great tool, and I think um, I think salespeople can can really benefit from it. Um, I think most people could do more with it, um, and I think you know we, we we're continually trying to push the uh, push the art of the possible. But just that ability to look at organizations and understand the uh, the structure and the people, find out a bit about the people, you know, whether they're new in post, um, you know busy busy with media activities um like like to get involved in it but you can find so much out about about your your target audience uh, and i think that's that's a that's a huge that's a huge plus when you're trying to uh broaden your footprint get into new accounts or uh, or um or broaden your uh, your uh, your footprint within a key account so let me ask you and i appreciate you sharing what what are the priorities for you as a cro to combat the challenges and you know or harness the opportunities well, you know the uh, the priorities don't change. You know, uh, hit the number, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. and that's uh, that, 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 um, so. Uh, and, and we do that by um, um, by maximizing sales to our, our our existing customers and bringing in uh, bringing in new customers at the right at the right pace and the right level. So it's finding a way to it's finding all those two things. So that means going after the right. Um, Going after the right target customers uh, and building the right partnerships with our existing customers to maximize revenue. But uh, um, you know, there's no getting away from the fact that uh, you know, the job is about doing the number, and that never changes. Rob, Peter, you had mentioned that you started your IT career 30 years ago. How did you get into IT? And I think you said you started at Dell. Is that right? It's almost it's almost 30 years ago, Rob. It's actually it's actually next month will be my anniversary. Okay. Was, okay. April 1993. So two two important things happened in the same month. I joined. Uh, I I started to sell security. Uh, so I started to sell technology, and I got married. Um, and and both things are still working out. I'm still married, and I'm still selling technology. So there. So there we go. Um, so I've got two <laughs> big an, two big anniversaries coming up uh, to to celebrate. Um, so I was um I was in sales. Um, but I was selling I was selling advertising into uh into telephone directories. Now a lot of people listeners won't even know what telephone directory is so so for, for background it was a paper book that people 
people's phone numbers were in and if you wanted to yeah. find yeah. You know, somebody to come and fix your car or fix your windows, you'd look up windows under W and you'd find their name. And, and we used to sell advertising to them, um, you know, to make them stand out in the phone. And I was doing that for a couple of years. Um, and we got computers delivered to the office. Um, and they were the really simple sort running on MS-DOS, you know, no graphics or anything. And my leads and my customer details, instead of coming in um, um, in, in scraps of paper uh, and on cards and like a shoebox, they started to appear on the screen of this this computer. And this was amazing. Um, and I remember saying to one of my colleagues over, over a coffee, I bet the guy who sold these computers is getting paid more money than we are. And then that weekend, I uh, bought a newspaper. And on the front page of the business section of the newspaper, the Sunday Times, in, in the, there was a big ad for Dell saying, we're, we're, we're hiring. We don't mind if you haven't got technology experience. Um, but if you've got some life skills and, you, and, and you've been able to sell, we'd like to talk to you about selling our technology. Um, and I applied. Wow. And off I went. Um, and I met lots of really interesting people. Um, from different walks of life, estate agents and uh, people who've been worked retail and hospitality and all sorts of things. Um, and I made it through the selection process and I got trained on how to sell computers. And they sat me down with another book, which was the Directory of British Business and said, phone anyone you like and tell them about our stuff. And so that's what I did. I used to sit down and make 200 calls a day and try and uh, try and say, hey, you know, maybe, maybe, you'd, maybe you'd like to buy some, uh, buy some computers. So that's that's uh, that's um, that's how that's I. That's fascinating. That's yeah. fascinating. I, the, the time you were doing that, I started my career as a recruiter, and uh, was I didn't have a computer. I had a Rolodex, which for you, anyone like under thirty, that's like a bunch of index cards with people's name on them, and I was literally smiling and dialing as they said all day long, hundreds of phone calls a day. So I get it. So let me backtrack though, just just to double click here. You had no experience in IT. You answered a newspaper ad. Dell took a chance on you. That has to in influence how you hire now or how you go after new talent. Is it impacting that that sort of background, your hiring decisions? I like to think it does. Um, I try and uh, I try my best to uh, to keep an open mind when I'm talking to candidates, and I try and look beyond beyond the headlines and try and understand the the individual that I'm talking to because at the end of the day attitude and work ethic um and, and some of the things that you you can't really teach people um turn out to be much more important I and mean, you can teach you can teach process you can teach facts you can teach product um you can teach industry knowledge but uh you know the, the way that the person is is wired underneath that because i think if you're going to be successful in sales you have to have um a determination um, you, you, you have to be able to, to deal with ups and downs. You have to have a really strong work ethic. You have to have the discipline to, to get to get going every day and get you know get after it. Um, and I think that those skills can go a long way, even if your background isn't isn't you know, classic for the for the role you're going into. So so I try and look a little bit beyond the uh, you know the headlines uh, of experience and qualifications and really try and understand the uh, the um, the personality, the motivation of the of, of the person I'm talking to. Yeah, and you've got the you got the track record to prove. You got people doing very well, though. So I appreciate you sharing. It's an awesome story. So let's change gears a little bit. At LinkedIn, you know we're doing this, right? At LinkedIn, we're driving the conversation around this concept of deep sales, and that idea is really you know informed, insights-driven outreach is the path to success. So does that align with your sales philosophy at Adharma? Yeah, we're 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 trying um, we're trying to make sure that um, you know we 
we understand what our, what our target market looks like. We understand who we're trying to sell to. Uh, we understand what we're trying to sell to them. Um, and we understand the, uh, um, you know, the, the message that we need to deliver to get them interested. And part of that is understanding who, who we're talking to and what their motivations are. So, um, so therefore, being able to, uh, um, to research our, our, our customers and our prospects and build that information is, 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 is really important. Because we don't want to sell, uh, we don't want to try and sell to everybody um, in the same way. I talked about earlier, we don't want to try and sell everything. We don't want to, we don't want to try and sell to everybody either. Um, so um, there's a finite group of group of organisations that we want to go and talk to. Um, so being able to find them and find the key individuals within those organisations, that means that the conversations we're having are much more targeted and have a much much higher chance of uh, success. Um, in, in terms of uh, you know. How do we get? How do we get the outcomes? I mean, there's really three, um, you know, three areas. We've got some established existing customers um, who spend um, you know, reasonably significant amounts of money with us and have a relationship that that, that perhaps has been going for, for a couple of years or more. Um, but we can do more with those customers. So there, it's all about building a deeper relation relationship, building a deeper partnership. Um, and part of that is is building our contact base within the uh, within the account. I mean, I mean, you'll, I'm sure you'll have seen this, but one of the one of the things that I've seen people do many times over the years is rely far too heavily on one or two individuals within an account, and, and that's and everything works because you know, I'll call Bob. You know, Bob will tell me what's going on. Bob will help me get those of deal. And suddenly, Bob Bob's gone. Bob's gone to work. Bob's so out. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and you haven't got a plan B, so so broadening your footprint within a within a key account is really important. And so we're using we're using data and intelligence to to do that. Um, we've then we obviously we're then trying to pitch for uh, for new logo business, which is a really important part of our growth. That's about finding the right companies in the verticals that work best for us, and then finding the key individuals within those verticals to have the conversations that says, hey, you know, don't know if you've come across Adama. These are some of the things we'd uh, we we can do that we'd like to talk to you about. So so really um, fine tuning um, the audience we want to talk to, and then helping ourselves prepare to go and talk to that audience. Really uh, really key, and I think um, I think that aligns in terms of that uh, that sales philosophy that you outlined, Rob. Yeah, that's really in line with what what we're seeing from a research standpoint. I mean, you're probably aware of this, but in a recent study, we found that top performing sellers spend 10% less time than average performers. And the things that you've highlighted here are in line with that research. You know, they're doing three things. They're focusing on accounts with white space, right? They're identifying buyers when they're ready to engage, you know, sort of prioritizing targets. And the thing you mentioned that I want to double click on is they go beyond the idea of these standard connections or shared connections, finding new allies and deeply understanding that decision-making and influencing a vector. So that that's interesting. Now, I obviously have read the case study that that you're aware of that you're you're involved in from our sales solution team and that case study talks about um the benefits of our deep sales platform, specifically LinkedIn Sales Navigator and Sales in, Insights which I use religiously. Um so you have a quote in there it says if we're selling into the right target market those customers will see the best of us. Can you elaborate just a little bit on that and just in general, the business problem you're looking to solve with new sales technology? The fact that we don't want to try and sell to, to everybody. Uh, we think we'll know what a good target customer looks like for us. Um, 
um, in terms of where, where that fits, and that's uh, it's sort of slight, slightly below the the the, the huge global organization, um, but but above the SMB space. So it's those sort of mid-sized mid-sized corporates where they have um, you know an understanding of of the need for a good security offering, um, realize the importance of it, are prepared to uh, to set aside the right type of budget for that solution. Um, but don't want to try and do everything themselves because they don't have a um, a big enough in in house team to say let's build our own security operations center or let's take all of that in house. So there's a there's a good um, group group of um, group group of organizations that we think are a great fit for us. So if we can find those organizations and talk directly to them, then our message resonates much better because we you know we're 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 pushing on an open door. Um, if if we if we go either above or below that target market space, then we're going to get into more difficult and challenging conversations where we don't necessarily sound um, such a good fit and it's not it's not, a, not such an easy sell. So if we can align um, you know, our sweet spot with, uh, with the right customer profile, then it's a much easier conversation on, on, on both sides and things should move much more quickly. So that, that's really what I was alluding to, Rob. Got it. Totally. So, I mean, I'm a salesperson, right? So you get that. And I would say that Sales is a tough gig right now. Budgets are tightening. ROI is being scrutinized. There's a ton of indecision and there's economic headwinds that are howling. The UK in particular is fighting sluggish growth. So how's your sales org adapting? And specifically, how is your, you know, how are you motivating your leadership, your sales managers and sales leadership in this extreme and certain time? Well, you're painting a pretty dark picture there, Rob. <laughs> it's been it's been a tough couple quarters for me. I'm going to be honest. The first time I missed my target in in uh, ten years, so it's it's been it's been tough. Um, I mean, I think there's a, there's 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 a danger actually. Um, uh, sometimes of uh, we can talk ourselves into uh, into a bad place. Sales has always been a tough gig, um, and as long as I can remember, there have always been reasons why things would be difficult. Um, there's always been reasons why why things would be challenging. Um, whether those are local issues, global issues, um, yeah, yeah. So, so I think there's there's a temptation um, to to look to lay blame, um, and I think that's a dangerous that's a dangerous game to get into. And I think one of the key things for salespeople is you've got to take responsibility because um, there's always an excuse. Um, so I think as salespeople we have we have to take uh, responsibility for for delivering the outcome. That's that's not to say there aren't challenges. What do you think it is that the top your your top salespeople, your top three salespeople, what are they doing differently now? Can you pinpoint that? Um, yes, I I, I think I mean successful sales salespeople tend to um, I've always tended to to, to do certain things. Um, I mean I think. Um, they always they they show up, um, you know. They 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 will they keep showing up every day. Um, they're active. They're 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 visible. They're vocal. Um, and I I don't think it's um, um, it's it's an accident. But usually the best performing salespeople in the business are also the hardest working salespeople. It might not look like that to the outsider, but I guarantee that the guy who's the guy who's getting all the leads and closing all the deals is also the one that's staying staying on top of um. Staying on top of what's happening in the industry, working relationships with partners really hard, keeping his network up to date, you know, putting in the hours. Um, so I, I think really when it comes to sales, there isn't there isn't much of a substitute for uh, um, for hard work. 
Um, but I also think that um, you have to work smart and you have to use the tools that you've got at your disposal. Um, you know, so I'm going back to uh, to, to, to that uh, that time when I was sitting, uh, you know, in my in my office with my with my uh, my big phone directory on the table, you know, just <laughs> calling the next number and telling the bolts and calling the next number. Um, people don't have to do that now. We've we've, we've got yeah. we've, we've got lots of tools, and you can work a lot smarter. So I think the um, the best salespeople they work hard, they work smart, they use the tools at their disposal. Um, and the the best ones are also great networkers and, and network builders, and that's and that's not only within their customers, but it's also within their own organizations. Um, because I've seen a few people, they're great with their customers, but they um they tend to rub their colleagues up the wrong way. And actually, you know, um, smart smart salespeople realize that if uh, you know if if you build um good relationships with uh with your colleagues around you, then people will help you when you've got a problem. They'll help you close the deals, and that helps you go a long way. So um. Yeah, yeah you, I think you I think you hit the nail on the head there. It kind of speaks to your sales culture that you've built. I mean, if you're not helping each other out, it becomes toxic. Uh, and maybe that's the, that's the wrong word, but it becomes not as fun. And I, I, would, I, would, I would agree with that. So let's pretend your sales kickoff. You're having all your salespeople are getting together and you've been tasked with selecting the theme song, the pump-up song, before you come up. And do your initial talk. What song is that going to be? Now that there's, there's there's quite a few uh, there's quite a few for this one because I have uh, I have actually done this on a few occasions. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, I I've, I've, I'm I quite I quite like uh, David Bowie's Heroes. That 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 always goes pretty well. We can be heroes. Um, uh, I've always got uh, I've always got time for a little Bon Jovi. It's my life, you know. Quite and um, you know now. I'm not going to live forever. That's pretty cool. Um, so there's uh, there, there, there's a few out there, um, and uh, of course, if you've had a good year, you can always round it off with a bit of Queen. We are the champions, you know. Yeah, I love doing that for sure. Um, I can't wait to play that song again. I want to ask one last thing. This has been on my mind. I'm I'm just honestly interested in your opinion. You're an IT expert as well. So like generative AI, the Chat GPT, all this stuff. Do you think it's going to change sales? Interesting one. Um, I guess on the one hand, I can see um, AI, you know, taking taking a lot of admin away. Um, my my personal fear is that uh, there's a risk you start to lose originality. Uh, and I've I've heard I've heard people talking about the fact that now you know they uh, they they put all their emails that they have to write through uh, through an AI tool and it drafts the emails and then they just uh, then they just edit them. Um, so I, I, I hear that and I think, well, that's great from a labor saving point of view. Um, uh, but are we, are we moving forward into a world where, um, uh, you know, we're losing originality, we're losing personality. Um, so, uh, I, I think there's a, that there's a risk that badly deployed, uh, AI could actually lower the quality of conversations, um, and take, um, you know, take, take the, uh, the, 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 the personal touch out of things. So uh, I'm I'm a little cautious on 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 that whole topic, um, you know. And, and again, you know, coming back to we talked about about music earlier on, and obviously, you know, I write um, I, I, I write songs, and the thought that uh, you know all songs will be written by AI eventually, you know, then then what what, what where do you find where do you find an original an original thought? Um, so uh, yeah, makes me uh, makes me a little nervous that one. It was amazing having you on, Peter. Uh, you are one of the top CROs in the world. It was a joy to talk to you. Um, really loved hearing about your experience coming up in IT almost 30 years 
And it's been such a pleasure learning about your organization and how you're going about getting things done. Until next time, keep your sales deep, do work, get paid. Thanks, Rob. Very, very kind, uh, very kind words. Thanks very much for having me on. It's been uh, been a pleasure talking to you. And uh, yeah, hope to do it again sometime. You take care. Absolutely. Thank you, Peter. Thank you for joining the Deep Sales Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and share. See you on our next episode. Or for more Deep Sales insights in the meantime, check out the LinkedIn sales blog. As always, happy selling.